you're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Dave. And I'm Jan. And we have no Sebi. And you're still listening to Building Bridges, Eurovision podcast for the rest of us. You are. Sebi will join us again in a little bit, but I think student life is kind of taking over him right now, and he's buried in papers and research and, and all that fun stuff that I really, really, really do not miss. I think so too, yeah. But he's really working hard, so he can also have enough time to, you know, get some content for, for you guys. I think we should definitely start with... Uh, with something all over the social media there was uh, a lot of spotify wrapped and apple replay visuals of what kind of music did we listen some of them were a little bit embarrassing some of them <laughs> were a little bit less but i think it's our place to say that like starting from a joke and starting from a passion from nearly less than a year ago i would say it's so we're so grateful and i think i can talk in the name of all of us in the name of sebi dave and myself uh, we are so so grateful grateful to see our podcast being on the top five of your favorite podcasts. So on that point, we would like to say one huge, huge thank you to everyone who enjoys our content. We'd like to keep you on our journey. So this is something I really wanted to start an episode with. This little appreciation post. Heard. It is. And I don't have Spotify. I'm too, I'm too cheap for that. So it was a, it was a huge uh, surprise this week when, when all that started flooding social media and we checked ours and we had over 50 people that had us in their top five. So that was super, super sweet. So we're really thankful for that. It's been an eventful week. We're late, obviously. We usually post over the weekend, but here we are on a Monday. Yes. Special things happening, but of course, I, I'm still not over what Aftonbladet in Sweden called Ticket Chaos. It was absolute <laughs> mayhem. Multiple windows open on Ticketmaster. I kept crashing out of Ticketmaster.se. I don't know if there's some weird international block or something there, so I had to go through Ticketmaster.ca, and uh, I had Sebi on the phone with me and I had Twitter open and was refreshing that to see what was happening. People posting that there were over 400,000, almost half a million people in the queue in front of them. It was stressful. And of course, tickets went on sale here at 5.30 in the morning. So I was like going back and forth getting coffee. <laughs> it was it was, it was a nightmare. It really was. It was a bit of, I still have a bit of PTSD from it. Do you think there was somebody from St. John who were staying this or like waking this early just for Eurovision tickets? or you were the only one on that part of the so world. I, I have a friend who has a friend <laughs> from here. A friend, friend of a friend, friend of a friend of a friend. Of friend. <laughs> Which fits with today's uh, theme, actually. But, uh, exactly. He now lives in Western Canada, so maybe he stayed up late. So I think it might have been one in the morning for him. So it might have been a bit easier, right? You just stay oh. awake. But I saw it on, on his Instagram that he had tickets as well. Yeah, a bit of, bit of a, a crappy time zone issue, but uh, we persisted and we did get tickets. Uh, so Sebi and I will be at the first and second semifinals. We're trying to, well, I guess us and the whole Eurovision community that didn't get tickets to the final not to fret because it's still early and more waves of tickets will come out so if you want more or if you can't get to a live final of course those rehearsals are actually quite good especially the jury shows i would never turn down a ticket to a jury show yeah mainly because like i i would say that the acts are really trying their best on on i and i think it's also a privilege because you have you you, you have a chance to see the whole show before the entire world has a chance to see it on tv yeah. you know the vibe is exactly the same so the show starts exactly at the same 
same like exactly 24 hours before the actual show i think any way of you know saying that but also i i think i logged in in a queue for for tickets and i gave up after like 15 <laughs> minutes because i have zero patience there was like 450,000 people in front of me waiting for those i think we should definitely also put some high five to svt and and ebu for prices because like uh, we we've all been you know expecting like inflation was kicking in and stuff and also you know Scandinavian countries are not really known for being extremely affordable <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we really i mean they really started with the tickets starting with like 13 euros on i mean obviously we're talking about what family shows of the semi-finals yeah. or something but like still think comparing to to this year's full package in Liverpool, I think the difference can be in a few hundred euros, which is not really, you know, a data which we would ignore. So a thumbs up for, for that as well. So I think they're really putting in a great show. I hope they will do it. But yet again, you know, Swedes, they really know how to deal with Eurovision. Yeah, I went back and looked at the prices, actually. I did some, some I guess you could call it research. I don't know if I'm Googling Eurovision stuff is, is research or not. But um, it looks like, on average, ticket prices this year are about 100 euros cheaper than they were last year for similar shows so that's huge and they're even cheaper than they were in 2022 in turin and those prices i thought were fairly reasonable that's the one and only contest i have experience with uh, on the ground so i'm i'm quite happy because uh hotels are going to be expensive beer is going to be expensive everything else will be expensive so at least the tickets weren't um, too too bad and sticking with Sweden, of course, huge news on Friday as they officially released the 30 names of the artists that are going to compete to represent them on home soil in Malmö at the, I guess, slightly modified uh, Melfest uh, tour in 2024. We're not going to have the extra chance round this year, the second chance rounds. We're going to have five heats, and the heats will only have six songs yeah. each in them. And for the first time in a long time, we've got no returning um, winner, first time since 2009. And we we have 16 debuting artists and 14 returning ones. And I, I don't know how long it's been since that's been the case too, but I'm, I'm sure it's been a while. Now, Sebi and I kind of had to kind of freak out and we did a little quick uh, bonus episode to tie everyone over until this episode came out the other day. Uh, Jan, have you looked at the list and have you seen maybe a potential winner in the mix? Oh, I mean, it's like, I would say the list is amazing. I, I'm not going to lie. I was, maybe there was one artist which is missing in, in my opinion in this whole amazing list though there's no secret that i i mean like back in the day i really enjoyed a music of petra marklund or before known as a september and since like she was celebrating like 20 years of her music and releasing like new songs for stockholm pride and also releasing some acoustic versions of that i was sort of like expecting her to you know be a part of that um like celebration uh, anyway, Eurovision is on home soil, but like I have to say, it's a great lineup. I and and there's a lot of people you know who I've been able to talk to them regarding that. It's 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 such a great deal. And but I will have to say that comparing to what we have right now, it's definitely a battle between Danny Sosido and Marcus and Martinez. But I mean, before we hear the songs, obviously, but like regarding for the names and stuff, I would say it's, you know, just as it was clear months before Eurovision this year, it's going to be between Caria and Lorin. <laughs> I would say that this year is going to be, um, next year for Melfest, it's going to be between Danny Sosido and um, Marcos and Martinez. Even though I'm looking forward for all the songs, uh, the, the year seems promising. You know, uh, Daughter is back, uh, a lot of artists from previous 
years are back as well. So it's going to be an exciting ride. That's interesting because Sebi and I were talking about that the other day and realizing that the running order is often very important. They've got Danny fifth of sixth in heat four with Dotter closing and they uh, I saw Wee Wee interviewed Dotter and they they got a quote out of her and I'm paraphrasing I don't have it in front of me but she said basically it's another bulletproof but new New yeah like an updated yeah yeah, kind of version of that and and very interesting like you said Marcus and Martinez they've got them closing heat five so they'll be their 30th and final song so are they going to save you know what what the producers think or, or value as the best song until the very end to keep us hooked the whole five weeks because there it, it'll be interesting too this year not having the second chance round like going through a fifth heat and then one week to the final I think it's going to be like an exciting ride when it comes to Melody Festival and they really you know they have a, a lot of pressure the other broadcasters they only go for you know if they host Eurovision they don't really put so much effort into their home entry I would say with Sweden the story is completely different so ahead of the huge contest which is going to be viewed by you know millions and millions of people they will be also their national selection isn't only for the Swedes there's a lot of attention from the international viewers and they they will have a full hands I think they they already started working on a lot of stuff because they have to put two huge shows together in the period of a small few weeks ahead of one and, and the other so before Eurovision and after Melody Festival and so I would say we are in for a treat for good shows starting with the national selection which is going to be I mean it looks very promising though but obviously we need to hear the songs first. it's interesting you said that because I guess the the unofficial Eurovision rule is you win you don't want to host two years in a row so a lot and we've seen this the last 10-15 years the home entries have not done overly well like Italy getting 6th yes, place exactly. in Torino that was quite good usually like you're down in the in the 20th places but uh, Karen the producer of Melfest actually came out and said again I'm paraphrasing but uh, on Friday when the songs were released she said something along the lines of it's not like because we're hosting we're going to roll over and and just not try. We're we're doing Melfest this year because we want to send the best song to Malmö to Eurovision, and we want to win. She actually said we want to win again. That yeah, bodes well. And sorry, but I know there's like across the fandom, there's a lot of hate towards Sweden and etc. Especially this year when it came to, with Loreen, it was you know it was obvious. If you are having a song which you can proudly stand behind it, that's that's a mission accomplished. It's Eurovision. It's not a cheap. Product project usually when it comes to broadcasters Eurovision is probably the most expensive project of the year and this is one of the I would say one of the thoughts that I have if you are part of this and if you invest so much money and in you if you're looking for so many you know investors sponsors uh, if you put so much money into advertising why don't you do your best and increase you know yeah. the interest for the upcoming year as well so it just doesn't you know go down I know I mean people do have a choice to or you know host or not to host but like yet again the thing is that like if you're part of it why don't you do your best and Sweden is really good with working on that they really put all of their efforts into it they're always can be super proud of all the tv projects they have which are interesting for you know international audience i would say you know a lot of countries are in the eurovision whenever they're saying oh you know the the qualification for grand final you know it's good enough for us it shouldn't be Like, because, I mean, they're not saying to you, oh, your participation fee is lower because you only want to qualify for the finals. But like, if you're part of it, 
obviously you cannot compete with music but like when it comes to that do your efforts like do whatever you know it needs to be done and don't put any regrets to it but yeah i i really hope that we don't have to go to sweden again the year after because <laughs> I, I, don't know, think so. <laughs> I don't think the fandom yeah, even, even if, i mean it would have to be an incredible song for the fandom to vote for the same country two years yes. in a row uh, but not to be outdone like if people i people like or loathe sweden is irrelevant i'm i'm sure everyone can agree that there's certainly a eurovision powerhouse and uh and not to be outdone i think if there is a country threatening that these days that would be italia and of course amadeus has just gone on the news in italy and revealed the 27 yes i said 27 that is an increase big artists who will compete at sanremo this year starting in february the five night seemingly never-ending extravaganza of, of italian music will start and we we have names um there's going to be 30 this year which is a new record he he set the record last year with 28 initially it was going to be 26 but now we've got 27 names and three more will come from the the youth San Remo, the San Remo Giovane. Big names that stick out to me anyway. Emma, of course, who was at Eurovision in 2014 for Italy. Diodato is trying to get uh, back to Eurovision, of course, win winning in 2020 and then not getting to go to the contest. Uh, Il Volo are back after getting a third place for Italy in Vienna in 2015. Mahmoud is back, just represented Italy two years ago in Torino and, of course, in Tel Aviv as well. Enrique Polveri, legends oh of Italian music. I mean, we're only down now to Angela and Angelo, but still, I mean, the fact that they're what they must be 80 years old and that they're coming back to the San Remo Festival is just incredible. Other names, Mr. Rain, who was in it last year, I think he had that choir of children. Mm -hmm. Loredana Berte, who was another legend, who I think might be 90 years old. Um, Irama, he's had some fantastic songs the last few times. Fred de Palma, even like there, there's so there's so much here. I, I don't even know. I haven't processed it yet. I am so excited about all these names you just mentioned, Dave. But there's also one which I'm also super excited to hear. Probably our listeners, if they're fans of you know Italian pop or anything that sounds a little bit with Italian production and with a mixture of a disco, I'm I'm super excited about the colors because mm -hmm. they really you know they. They, they went into stardom with their song Italo Disco. I remember that it's a, it's a huge hit. I was driving to Austria a month ago. And it was like on the Austrian radio, song in Italian. They realized that there's a lot of international audience. They prepared an English version of that. And I'm pretending that that never happened though. <laughs> but like, um, you know, it's such an amazing song. Um, and if you didn't listen to that yet, please go and listen. It's such a gem. It's, it's, it's a great, I mean, I would say they would be targeting the same audience that Eurovision has and this is probably the, the main reason why, why they are involved. I have to say it's a great, great, great list uh, and I think we will be in for a great um, treat when it comes to Sanremo. Certo. No. But the problem here is I don't, yeah. I don't know who to pick. I mean, we're kind of in the same boat with uh, Melfest and we, of course we don't have the songs 
And with uh, with San Remo, we don't even have the song titles yet. We'll get those later after the San Remo Giovani end. But even still, we won't hear them until the show in February. So it's kind of really hard to pick. Narrowing it down to two or three maybe for Melfest, I, I wouldn't even be able to do that with this list for San Remo. I mean, you've got to think Il Volo is coming strong. Diodato, Mahmoud is well-loved. Um, all the le- the legions of Italians that will probably vote for Ricchi e Poveri that will bring back all that nostalgia that they've grown up with. Younger viewers, like you said, that will like uh, the colors and probably uh, even Dargent Amico and right. Fiorella Manoia is there. She's another legend. Like I, I, I have no idea how this is gonna go. But that was so smart because, as you said, they were really like picking the names for every age generation or for any age. You know, you're in for a treat for every single person who will be watching yeah. that and bringing both youth and both the nostalgic ones who are following Sanremo back in the day. So um, I think it's going to be a great show. But uh, given to that, that. Italy is always, you know, Italy never serves any crap. No. You know, like you can, you, you can, you're always sure that there's going to be quality. And this is one of the things that it's always loved by the Italian broadcaster because it's always going in a way that they're serving something which is good. And, you know, we've been watching Sanremo for quite a few times in the past few years, Dave, and you always said, like, I hate how the song, <laughs> I know, I hate how the show is super long, but like every song performed here is brilliant. And I think this is one of the things that, you know, it cannot be achieved by any other broadcasters. But yet again, even though I think this year it's obligatory for them to go to Eurovision if they win the whole thing, because in the previous years they just offered, so they could reject that. Wasn't so I, I actually looked at the rules um, when the when they announced the the lists earlier, and it's still in the fine print that um, the winner of Sanremo is eligible to go to Eurovision. So. Yes, the winner is most likely going to go. I don't know if um, if Ricky Poveri or maybe Loredana Berte won if they would want to go to the Circus of Eurovision. So I think they leave yeah. that little that little wiggle room there because if they force it and then some super old person wins and maybe they don't want to do Eurovision, then they're not legally bound to do it. You know what I mean? But I, I suspect yeah, but whoever wins will sense. go. I think that, yeah, and also, like, I think since 2016, it didn't, it never really happened that something would, you know, somebody would say no to no, Eurovision. No, Stadio didn't go. It's, it's very, you know, rough to say that Sanremo is, like, pre-selection for Eurovision because it, it sounds unfair. Eurovision, you know, yeah, it's back beast. in the 50s yeah. became because of, I mean, it, I mean, Eurovision was a thing because of Sanremo. And this is why, you know, it's not fair to say, but like, even though they select their entrant through that. But I think, anyway, it's going to be, you know, a great, it's it's a great end of the year with receiving such news, but I also think it's going to be an amazing year full of great songs. And also after Eurovision, I'm sure we will, you know, have them in our playlists yeah. or maybe even visiting uh, some concerts if the artist will be coming back. Yeah, just get your coffee ready. I don't know how you do it in Europe. I really don't. I mean, it starts here at 4.30 in the afternoon and before it's like I'm struggling to stay awake by the time it's over. It just goes on and on and on. But that said, and I love it and I will watch it and I will drink as much coffee as I have to to 
get through it. Yes. And now we've talked about two, of course, of the biggest powerhouses, I guess, of Eurovision to one of the, I guess, smaller participating countries. Because the reason we're coming to you on Monday is because tonight at 8.15 uh, Prague time, so for most of you in Europe, mm-hmm. we are going to finally hear the official entries of ICO. Ellie, Jana Lay, Lenny, MYDY, Tom Sean, and Thomas Robin. Those are the seven artists participating in ESCZ 2024. It's a first national selection of the year, and you will be able to watch that through um, uh, Eurovision Song Contest official YouTube channel. Um, it's starting, as you said, tonight at 8.15 p.m. Central European time. And also, after the show will be over, users of the Eurovision Song Contest app uh, will be able to vote for their winner. And you will have one week of the time, so until Monday 11th December at 23.59 Central <laughs> European so time. Specific. So you will have... Yeah, very specific. <laughs> so you will have enough time to vote for your favorite. And I think that we will have, what, on on December 11th, we will have our second Eurovision act of the upcoming season. And song, unless unless there's a big surprise that comes before then, but uh, not looking too likely. Unless, yeah. But regarding that very topic, we are so, so, so happy that we're having a very special guest with us tonight. Uh, Somebody who will be telling us all about ESZ so you can get ready for a show which is going on tonight. Yeah, yeah. so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk to the international media manager, a friend of the podcast, a friend of us. He's definitely a Habibi. It's definitely. Ahmad, and he's been with the Czech delegation now for a few years. And uh, some some of our f- listeners and followers might know him because he's, he's very active on social media and runs the ESZ account as well, I think, I'm pretty sure. Um, and we're going to start off and ask... How how a Lebanese guy who grew up in Venezuela and lives in Spain ended up involved in the Czech Eurovision team. Ahmad Haloun is our guest. Take it away. So we're very happy and proud to have with us uh, an insider to Czechia's national final. He is the Czech Republic, or I guess Czechia's international media manager for Eurovision. It's Mr. Ahmad Haloun. How are you doing? Thank you for pronouncing my name. <laughs> I'm very glad to be here with you today. All right. So do you want to start us off by telling us how you got involved in, uh, I guess, uh, Czech television and, and how you wound up in this role and, and how you became uh, one of the big shots, I guess, for ESCZ? Um, well, actually, I've met. Christoph, the first time I met Christoph was the current head of delegation. I used to work, um, I used to blog for a website, wink, wink, at ESC Bubble in the past. And, and I, I was interviewing Mikolas Josef in Lisbon. And Mikolas and I, we had a, a really good chemistry and, and it was really, really, really lovely interview. And Christoph kind of liked that chemistry that, that we had between Mikolas and I. Uh, and he also got, uh, you know, we had very interesting conversations. Then we met once um, later on during uh, the, the Eurovision Song Contest, we met in Lisbon. And it was funny because uh, Mikolas qualified to the final and I made compliments to them. And we were discussing Eurovision and many, many things. Um, and at some point, you know, um, in the end, 
something that many people don't know is that I actually, um, I'm a marketing professional and a PR professional. So I, I, I've been doing this for years. Um, and uh, I was discussing with them and I was giving them some pointers, things that they can do in the future. And obviously that part of me that's a big Eurovision fan and a geek comes out. And um, later on, I found out, <laughs> it's hilarious, um, we made a bet somehow, and uh, Christoph, me, and the former head of delegation, Jan Bors, he was the, the head of delegation at the time, um, and then they started speaking in Czech. Years later, I asked them, hey, like that conversation, what was about? And they, Christoph told me, oh, we were thinking you were crazy. But then we were thinking, he is crazy, but he makes a lot of sense, everything he says. And then uh, uh, I won a bet, <laughs> basically. And I started getting involved with them um, in, in Eurovision. Basically, the bet was if I could uh, guess their their final qualification in Eurovision. And I, I, I guessed that right. And I started helping them out in 2019, where I was also helping Kaino in Norway, uh, did some things for them. So, and then on um, 2020, uh, when Jan Bors uh, left the delegation, um, they asked me to be uh, a permanent member somehow. So there I am uh, doing it again. And it's been, I've been exclusively with the Czech team since 2020. And it's been great so far. And hopefully it will continue <laughs> being great. So we've seen ESCZ evolve over the years. It's getting really popular, I think, especially outside of Czechia. I think we've seen a lot of growth. So how do you, how do you explain that? And and what do you think of the of the international fan media and fan community really coalescing around ESCZ as it gets more popular? I don't know because I don't like to talk about because ESCZ. I mean, it's part. It's a project that I. Uh, I'm obviously taking care of as well with the rest of the team. So it's a bit strange of talking about success stories when, you know, I'm an insider. It's just weird. Also, when people give you compliments, I'm like, oh, this is strange. Uh, but I can tell you, you know, the interest is because, first of all, let's make something really, really clear in ESCZ and why it's important for us. We do ESCZ to showcase somehow the Czech talent, and right now the Slovak opportunity that we opened this this year, and we want to showcase the, the Czech music scene, okay? What many people listen to without getting into, how to say, the international vibe that the Czech music scene has, okay? Because obviously they're very, very um, uh, Czech artists that, I'm not going to say they only work good in the Czech Republic, but they're not really as exportable as other material that we have. And that's what we have on ESCZ, that international um, scene that the Czech uh, music has. And we want to export it and showcase it more than just export it. And it has been well because, or, or the reception has been good because we, that's what we're doing. Showcasing what's the most international phase of the Czech music scene. And uh, obviously we opened this year the door to Slovak singers uh, that are radicated or they have a good experience. They're part of the Czech music scene because in the, in the end, they intertwine very similar to what's Cyprus and Greece. 
okay, and, and other countries. This year, many people were expecting for us to have a Slovak singer, and it was like, no, we don't. We're opening the door, doesn't mean that we had, you know, someone to talk to. But this is what we want, and the reception is good because this is something different. Czech Republic or Czechia, we're doing our thing and our vibe, and there are different voices in the song selection process. Now we welcome Cesar Zamzon, who's from Austria, uh, as well into the team. A fantastic producer, uh, composer, singer. He's brilliant. Uh, so Seb is very proud as an Austrian man. Uh, I am but, very proud. Uh, yes. This is the, the thing. We we have many songs in English most of the time. Um, yeah, last year Vesna won with many different languages on their song. So I think that's the, the thing. And we're also thinking a lot on the fans because ESCZ, it's done majorly as well for the fans, the Eurovision fans. That's what we're doing, you know, a show in English. I think it's the only national selections apart from Ireland and the UK in the histories uh, that does the selection in English, you know, because we want the people to understand and we do use the platform as well for the international, you know, um, um, client. I'm, I'm, this is my business. I mean, you're not clients, you're audience. You know what I mean? Uh, it's hard to change the, the chip from business to... And, and it's very appreciated. We, we, I, I don't think we'd be able to follow the show very well if it were in Czech. I don't think many people outside of Czechia speak Czech, so we, we, we love that about it. But I mean, we watch other shows, like you watch Melody Festival and you watch UMK. I don't think many people speak Finnish, but you know what's happening? Oh, there's a podcast. There's someone singing on stage. That's probably a competitor. So it's okay. You know, it's not that bad. When the confetti is in the air and someone is crying, but that's probably <laughs> the winner. Well, you mentioned Sailor Samson. So do, you, do we maybe want to talk about him for a little bit now? How did he get involved in ESCZ this year? He seems to be so popping he, up he, everywhere. He's in Luxembourg. He's in Prague. The thing is, like, it was 2018. If you wanted to have a... <laughs> I'm sorry, I delete that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was 2018. So Cesar and the delegation, Christoph at the time, they met and they get along really, really well, apparently. This is what I know. I wasn't there, so I, I don't know. That. But apparently, uh, they get along really well and uh, uh, Christoph does trust a lot Cesar. In the last few years, Caesar has been, you know, helping us on the song selection process in a more, uh, how to say this, uh, on official way. Okay. Yeah, we still do most of the selection process behind the scenes. We don't really record or do things openly. But uh, so Caesar and Christoph, like Caesar um, used to advise us uh, in general about some songs because he has a different point of view and helps, as Christoph mentioned earlier um, in the week, to correct some biases because in the end, you know, they know the artists uh, uh, from the scene. Czech, the Czech TV, you know, or the Czech music scene is very small. That's also one of the reasons we don't use national juries because everybody knows each other. And that also happens in many, many countries, uh, like Sweden as well. They have an international jury. They don't have, it is, it is very complex. So they need these international voices to help to see an international perspective, and they don't have the relationships with the with the artist. Okay. 
Well, can you tell us a little bit what we can expect from the show? I mean, it's already different because there's going to be a live audience and, you know, you talked about Caesar Samson. To be honest, how the show is going to look on TV a lot, I, I have no idea because I'm <laughs> handling other stuff. And the only word they heard is, it's going to be lit. <laughs> Obviously, you know, last year, it was a big experiment for us. Last year was a big experiment because it was the first time. We actually did the whole show like in 37 minutes. Like, it was very fast that we were like, okay, this year we even have interval acts. Oh, there is a, um, I'm not sure, should I tell you? <laughs> we are Domi and Lake Malawi are the interval acts uh, of, the, of the national selection. So it's, it's fun to have them. I love Lake Malawi. I love Domi, Casper, uh, Benjamin, uh, everyone. Jeronim, Albert, um, I love these guys. They're brilliant people, and it's always fun to have them. So that's a different thing that we we didn't have in ESCZ. And obviously, when we saw them, what we could do in a small studio, and it was very rushed. Uh, we or the, the main thing that we really needed was an audience. So I hope at least more than the the. You're gonna hear more more applause. You're gonna hear more people, you know, vibing with the song, and not only me shouting at the end because I'm like, oh, God, God. <laughs> and but yes, because we didn't have no audience. It was like seven people. Yeah. <laughs> and so we really want to showcase that, and little by little, start growing. Maybe you know, we don't know what's gonna happen next year. Obviously, we don't know what's gonna happen. The, oh, this is the year your vision new year. So we don't know what's going to happen in 2024. We don't know what's going to happen in 2025. So uh, maybe Roxy. Well, something to clarify over here. Roxy is not a club. Roxy is the club. Roxy Music Hall is a big and important place in the Czech, you know, uh, Republic and Czechia and Prague. is a big... Uh, music club where you know they have different sessions but it's like very similar to barcelona's razmatas okay i don't know how in other cities but it's a place where you actually do concerts it's not like oh we just go into this nasty club and we're gonna make a national selection you know it's, it's a proper venue people um is roxy a potential uh, venue if the czech republic ever wins eurovision To host of course this. not, because it's very small. <laughs> and you know, we're actually really happy. Hey, hey, hey. We're really happy for the fact that um, it's, it's a full capacity right now. And it's being, we, before we actually announced the, the performers, there were so many people interested in attending. Yeah, but there's, I think there's this overarching uh, feeling in, amongst a lot of fans. That, you know, Czechia have come close now a few times. There have been some bangers. I mean, We Are Domi got done dirty when they put them opening, of course, in 2022. That really sucked. They probably would have done a lot better if they had a better spot in the running order. So I don't think it's overly, uh, you know, fiction. And that... Vesta were, were right after... Vesta was right after yeah. Garia. So imagine. So... Right, so it's not, it's not science fiction that maybe yeah, yeah. one day soon Czechia will win and yeah. this will come to Prague. So you, you thinking, thinking of these things is not a bad idea. Or Ostrava, why not? Why Ostrava? not Prague? Ostrava can, Ostrava can. <laughs> from from what we've seen and heard, the selection this year seems like it was it was very difficult because you had, 
all these people apply, you had five spots, and then all of a sudden five became seven. So how tough was it to cut it down to that? Uh, actually, um, I'm very happy I'm not in Cesar Sampson's shoes. Welcome, Cesar, to the delegation um, as a musical um, coordinator. No, musical expert. That's, that's his role. To be honest, uh, I received a short list of songs, and they asked me, hey, Ahmed, uh, give us your opinion. And uh, they asked me, you know, for my feedback, and if I could pick, you know, my top five. I ended up sending a top ten because I couldn't pick just five of them. It was very, very hard. And um, they were amazing songs that were left out. And that really, for us, like, it sucked, uh, personally, because we had really, really good songs that were just by the door and they didn't make it. Um, but yes, I'm very happy I didn't have to make that final decision. And I think that it was very, very hard because in the end, also last year, we had to, uh, or we planned a tree, um uh, three songs national selection ended up being five. We're adding two every year. So I don't know. Next year, if we say it's five, it's going to be seven. If we say seven, it's going to be nine. We don't know. So how can people watch the show this year? Oh, they can watch it on Chete Art, which is uh, the cultural channel of Cheska Televisa. Uh, they can watch it on the Eurovision uh, official YouTube page or YouTube channel. And on Ivizilani, but I found out that some people call it Checkflix, which is a streaming platform of uh, the Cheska Televisa. I was like, this is, I mean, I, it's Ivizilani, but I heard um, some people call it Checkflix. And I was like, oh, this is hilarious. I'm not sure I should say it, but yeah, I'm not sure if it's offensive for them. Do you have any final words to the listeners? To the Czech and non-Czech listeners, to something very quick. Um, <laughs> the Czech team is working hard for you to to enjoy a show. I hope you enjoy the show. We're not doing it for anything else than for the fans. Um, and something important for the participants and for us as well. Canvas is free. Simple as that. Guys, you don't have to drag people down or your favorite uh, says like. Oh, my favorite, I stand this person and this sucks. It's like everyone, you know, is there because they have a dream. The performers uh, may not be the song that you like if it wins or not. Just be kind to every participant. Be kind to other contestants, uh, to, sorry, to other users on social media because um, it has become, you know, a really nasty place and some people forget what Eurovision is about. Eurovision is about having fun. Your vision is about uniting, you know, uh, different type of musics, uh, sorry, type of genres. Uh, be united by music somehow. Respect each other, love each other uh, mm. somehow. And if you don't like something, just skip it. <laughs> Next song. Yeah. As simple as that. You don't have to watch it. That's very profound, Ahmad. Thank you so much. It's not really. It's like <laughs> a thing yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Oh, that was such an amazing interview. It was such a pleasure listening to that. And I think always Ahmad is always the, the right person to talk when it comes to Eurovision. You can always see how passionate he is about it. Uh, I mean, see, ever since he joined the 
Czech delegation, you can always see the sparkle in his eyes whenever he's, you know, he's very enthusiastic. He's always, you know, there by the heart and you can clearly see that. Yeah. Gracias, Habibi. Yeah, and it's, 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 yeah. it's true. He's always running around the press centers with the big Czech flag. He, be, he becomes Czech for those two weeks. Right. And I think I think that's all from us. It's It's been an interesting episode. We had a lot of news to unpack because it, it's been a, it's been a big week. I mean, you, you don't think end of November a lot of stuff's going to happen, but a lot of stuff popped up this week and uh, it's been fun keeping track of it all. I think we are entering into season in its full flow. So um, I think here's the chance for all of you to visit our website, buildingbridgespod.com and also to see our social media where we are constantly updating you about the content we are providing for you. We're super happy to enter the new Eurovision season and looking forward for Sebi to join us in, in the next I, episode. I'm sure he will. Yeah, I mean, again. Christmas Christmas holidays have to be coming soon in Austria, you would think, right? And uh, yeah, <laughs> and make sure you vote for ESCZ. And of course, before you know it, it'll be Fickmas and we'll be talking about Albania. Take care and uh, see you or we hear you or you hear us in the next episode. Ahoy, ciao, hey, door, all the languages. Bye-bye. Yeah.